Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle welcome Wolves to St. James's Park on Friday, a much needed home game. I'm usually joined by John Gibson, but he's away on his jollies. So, Ketch, Matthew Ketchell, one of the football editors here at Reach PLC in the northeast, is stepping in. Some big shoes to fill. Yeah, I'm like Chris Wood here, aren't I? I'm trying to replace Callum Wilson, but uh, going to make myself useful. Hopefully, he can do a job. Now, we come into this game on the back of not a good run of form for Newcastle. Many people had hoped the trip to Dubai would have brought a similar run of form or similar response as the trip to Saudi did earlier in the year. Didn't quite happen for Newcastle against Tottenham. Thrashed 5-1, deservedly beaten. You were down there mm. in the capital. You watched the game from the away end. What was the biggest and most alarming point that you took from that game that you think Newcastle most certainly have to fix for Friday? Well, I think the momentum has now gone and the confidence is starting to, to drift away a bit and they didn't really have a, a plan B, I didn't think, to deal with what Tottenham brought. So obviously a huge amount of quality in the Tottenham squad, we all know that. Um, obviously Kane, Son, etc. But I was quite impressed with some of the, the newer players, Ben Tegger, Kulisevsky, Romero, the centre-half, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And the sort of, Spurs didn't panic when they went 1-0 down and I was really impressed with Kane and Son, the sort of pockets they occupied um, deeper in, in the pitch and, and and that totally seemed to bamboozle Newcastle's defence getting pulled all over the place um, and then I think Eddie Howe was a spot on in his post-match um, reaction in, in that Newcastle were a bit naive and chased the game a bit too much and, and got caught out which is which is fair enough but yeah the the sort of swagger and confidence that they they had um, even down at Chelsea uh, when we went to Stamford Bridge there was a, a confidence and we can we can win this game and they, I thought they deserved to get something from Chelsea. They were unlucky not to. And, and and since then, they've sort of taken a bit of that bad luck and lack of momentum into Everton and, and now it's sort of capitulated at, at Spurs. So, yeah, no no real plan B um, and, and maybe, maybe there doesn't need to be one or maybe there needs to be a, a rethinking of tactics. Who knows? Is it a case that we think Newcastle just need a home game now? They've had so many games away. The last home game was on the 5th of March. They beat Brighton 2-1. Some would say rather fortunate. Is it a case that they've just they've just missed that home crowd? They've missed the bounce a full rocking St. James's Park, especially of late, can, can give you. And we, fingers crossed, should see a totally different side against Wolves on Friday. Yeah, you're spot on. It's, it's, it's been unusual, hasn't it, to have this amount of time since a home game. I mean, Brighton, the last home game, it feels like ages ago, doesn't it? It does. Um, it's just unusual. And, and not only that, there's been this, there's been those games in quick succession, long trips, Southampton, um, London for Chelsea, then they've gone to Dubai. They've just been all over the place. There's no sort of momentum, no routine. Um, so yeah, it's really unusual not to have played this, gone this long without a game at St. James Park. And I think at the minute, with the, with the vibe around the city and the stadium, that is it's such a, such a huge advantage to be playing at home, the atmosphere in the stadium. So yeah, they'll, they'll definitely miss that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, this next run of games because 
we've had these packed schedule of aways. Now it's a packed schedule of home. So let's see if we can put some more points on the board. Obviously, we want that home game. We're looking forward to to the game on Friday under the lights at St James's Park in front of the the Sky cameras. How do you think the crowd are going to be? Are they going to be a little bit nervous? Because, you know, prior to this run of results, Newcastle were looking up. There was positivity. They were riding this wave of optimism. Mm. People were saying, you know, they're safe. Eddie Howe was a pains to point out they're not safe yet. There's a job to do. And he, again, he did it after Spurs. They are only nine points above the drop zone. Big game tonight between Everton and Burnley. Yeah. Um, if Newcastle say they go behind early on against Wolves on Friday, do you think the, the crowd will become a little bit nervous and start looking a bit over their shoulders and then especially if they lose the game will they be nervous going into the games after that do you think? I don't think so and I, ho- I hope not um, being at the game on Sunday at Tottenham I didn't see any negativity from the crowd I, I just think the crowd is still there it's still riding the, the, the wave of optimism that's, that's come in since the takeover so I think we're a long way from that but things can change quickly in football it's a results based business Eddie Howe's lost the last three games the, it does reach a point where you stop picking up points, there is going to be, I think it'll be a minority, but I think from my perspective, uh, supporters I know and they've sort of moved around the city, everyone's buzzing for this game on Friday. It's a Friday night game, which brings a bit of excitement. I, I think it's a tough game, but I do think it's winnable at the same time. So I think there's no trepidation there. I think everyone's up for it. I think the atmosphere will be good from the start. The onus is on the team to to match that and, and give them something to shout about. I mean, how important is that that atmosphere and, you know, what the crowd can bring, that cliche 12th man to, to get Newcastle a win on Friday? Yeah, it's it's huge and, and, and it's a big string in Newcastle's bow at the minute because everyone is bouncing into the stadium, aren't they? Uh, everything that War Flags are doing to, to get the pre-match atmosphere up is, is working. You can't get tickets for games now. It's it's Everyone really wants to be inside the stadium watching them pick up points, rack up points like they were doing um, in in January and February, so everyone wants the same thing, and and, and it's a, it's a good it is a good place to be. Yeah, there's been some 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 bad results, but it's par for the course. It's a, it's been a reality check. It's not nice, but you know Newcastle have had a lot worse. Newcastle fans have had a lot worse. So I think we're a long way from that, and I, and I like to think um, that Newcastle fans will be patient because we've they've waited so long for this takeover to go through. Um, the, the the team are in a good place in the grand scheme of things, so. Let's see, um, but there is a, is, a, is a slight onus on them to get something from Friday night. Mm. Newcastle are very good home under Eddie Howe, so fingers crossed they can pick up three points, as you say, against a good Wolves side, but a Wolves side who are beatable. And we'll get on to Wolves in just a moment, and we'll have the view from the opposition as well from a reporter down in Birmingham. That'll be a separate episode on the Everything is Black and White podcast, so that'll go up later this evening. Um, let's talk about Newcastle on the pitch. Eddie Howe switched to five at the back later on against Spurs. More damage limitation mm-hmm. than anything else. We'll start there with the defence because obviously there's a big question in midfield as well, but we'll stick with the defence for now. What does he do? Does he does he stick with how he started against Spurs or would you pick five at the back? You know What mm-hmm. what does Eddie Howe do? I think, I think he's a positive manager. And the best thing about this team this Eddie Howe team that I've liked is the the pressing. I've never seen a Newcastle team press like this. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I really like it. I, I like I like the positivity always going forward. I actually really loved it at, at Chelsea away. I was like, wow, they're, they're pressing the life out of a Champions League team here, and Chelsea were struggling. That they 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 did 
managed to pass it out when they were under severe pressure. But it was that was a hard win for Chelsea. Newcastle made that game hard, and I really admire that. It's a brave thing to do. You've got to you've got to all be together. You've got to back yourself fitness wise. You've got to go into the red zone, and I think I think I would like to see Eddie Howe continue with this. 4-3-3, continue with this pressing because personally, I just think it's much more positive than, than what the fans have watched in the past. That does lead us on to one of the big talking points though at the moment, on, especially on Newcastle United Twitter and that's on Alan St. Max. A lot of people felt mm. that when he came on against Chelsea and Newcastle suddenly lost their shape. You know, Almiron had been pressing and pressing. He'd been doing a very good job. People say, well, you've got to take the good with the bad. You've mm-hmm. got to accept that he's not going to do what Almiron does but Almiron isn't capable of doing what St. Maximum does. Where do you stand on the whole Alan St. Maximum debate? If you're going to set up in a pressing manner, as Eddie Howe has done, do you do you leave him on the bench or do you do you kind of sacrifice that little bit, potentially leave my target exposed as he was arguably against Spurs, but you just have to hope St. Maximum the other way does his job? Mm, I, I, to be honest, the St. Maximum thing, I just wonder if it's been a little bit blown out of proportion in that he clearly had no match fitness at Chelsea and, and very little at Everton. He's gone away and, and got some, uh, he got a, they got a game in, in his legs um, against Gulf United and then he, he played the majority of the game at Tottenham and, and I thought he was, I thought he was one of the better players. There wasn't a lot of good performances out there but I thought he was good and I think he's, he's so unique in what he brings. I just think he's first, first name on the team sheet at the minute. So always for me, I, I want to see him, I don't want to see him dropped right now. Um, I want to see what Eddie Howe can do to sort of build a team around him because those are the, those are the type of players you need to into you, you know you need to make exceptions for like obviously your, my era was watching players like well, managers like Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson and the great thing they did was sort of protect these players like Ginola um like Bellamy they made Rob exceptions Robert. yeah Robert so I think Eddie Howe's, I'd like to think he's doing this with, with St. Maximum and, and I think St. Maximum's an, an arm around the shoulder type of player. I like to think he's he's getting that at the minute from Eddie Howe, like don't worry. And um, So I'd, I'd always like to see St. Maximum start um, and Newcastle, I, I just think Newcastle fans really appreciate a flair player and, and he is one of the only real flair players in that team at the minute. So I think he's first name on the team sheet. We make exceptions. Matt Target, Grafter, he knows he might not get as much protection from St. Maximum as you get from Almiron, but deal with it because what you get in return up the pitch from St. Maximum is always going to, for me, out, out, outnumber the negatives. Mm. I guess then the onus is on St. Maximum to step up and make sure yeah. he's producing going forward, which is another talking point. Mm. You know, some feel he doesn't necessarily do as, as much as he, he could do. The end product's not always there, but I do think he has improved, especially this season. We are starting to see a little, a little bit more of that end product. Just in defence, Dan Byrne came in for a little bit of criticism after that Spurs performance. I mean, mm. there's, there's no question on that. He, he will start, though, against yeah. Wolves. I know. No, you know this. I mean, the hardest thing on Sunday for me was um, a, it was a big reality check in the limitations, perhaps, that we have with Chris Wood and, and Dan Byrne. These are players who've been brought in probably for the short term, if we're being honest. They're not going to be... Are they going to be Champions League players? Big ask if you ask if if you ask me. So it was just a reality check of of, of really where Burn is at in terms of his ability, in terms of his age. Um, great great player to have around. He's brought so much to this team, and I think I, the, what I was thinking about actually was interesting. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it. Is the Kevin Keegan sort of promotion team players like Brian Kilclain and David Kelly and 
Gavin Peacock, who I know you've interviewed, Liam O'Brien, they didn't come into the Premier League, did they? But they're still revered and appreciated for what they did. I'm wondering if sort of Dan Byrne and Chris Wood are going to fall into that category and be legends, cult, cult heroes on on Tyneside. But long term, we'll have to be realistic. The the, the, the barometer now has, has, has gone up, the standard has raised. So maybe... We saw we saw the limitations. Dan Byrne, you put him in front of world class players, he struggled, and, and and that was evident for everyone to see. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, you got you got outpaced. I think definitely Chris Wood in what you're talking about there is, is definitely I can't see him being here more than like 18 months. Dan Byrne, it's interesting because he came in and those first few games, the defense was so much better. There was such a, a big improvement. They looked, you know, much mm-hmm. more comfortable. Mm-hmm. They looked assured. They weren't doing the daft things which we'd seen previously. And there's been some kind of a, a kind of a switch in recent games where they're, they're back to making little mistakes. You know, the ball going where it shouldn't do. They're just switching off Dan Byrne, unfortunately, switching off against Everton and Chelsea. He had a good game up to up to both goals being conceded, but Spurs was definitely like you see a bit of reality check. They put him up against a fast a fast player, and he, he just he couldn't handle the the, the pace. Mm. Of course, he was on a yellow card as well, which didn't mm. help. And it, it, it is interesting. I think if you bring in a world-class defender, it looks like Botman's probably off to AC Milan. Mm. But you do bring in someone who is above his level because I think Dan Byrne's arguably still the best centre-back they've got out the club, in my view. You bring someone on the level above him, we could see you know, his game rise as we have seen Fabian Scher and we have seen Jamal LaSalle's game rise because they've brought in someone who, in my opinion, is better and they've gone, we need to step up now. Yeah. So I think that would work with Dan Byrne. It's just a case of like you see how long he is part of that first team eleven, but I think he's probably got a, a long, a longer future at Newcastle than, than yeah. Chris Wood. The defense is definitely better for Dan Byrne being in it, um, and and I think what we saw on Sunday was 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 a combination of two things. Maybe he's lost a bit of confidence. Um, he was off, he obviously had a bit of a mad game at Chelsea, getting involved with Havertz and and then getting outdone for the goal and. Everton, no one really had a great game at Everton. And it, you start to lose confidence you, and you, momentum is huge, I think, in, in football. And, and the momentum is unfortunately gone now. The players have now got to find it within themselves to, to turn that around. So, you know, these, these players are only human. He's, he's played a lot of football. He, he gets so involved. And also, what what was the emotional toll of, of playing for Newcastle United like for someone like, like Dan Burnett? This must be... Um, this is a mad couple of months for him, really, isn't it? He's like, he's, he, he's all. I, I think he would have pr- prior to coming back home and playing for Newcastle, he would have had sort of a quiet sort of life as a professional athlete on the south coast. And now he, he's he's very high profile, isn't he? And obviously very recognisable. Being in the city, he was at, he was at Sam Fender gig last night, and you know, there's pictures of him there. So this is all kind of new to him as well. So emotionally, going to take its toll. Physically, you know, he's, he's, he's had the runaround for some good players in the last month or so. So we've got to be realistic with these players. Um, and like I say, my my big thing is we are a way better squad and a way better, way better defence with him in there. He's going to have off days. He had one on Sunday. Let's move on and, and hopefully he can put it right on Friday. Mm, he's, he's one of those leaders that Jamal Lasalle has talked about who have come in and helped his job mm. uh, be a little bit easier. Just in terms of, of uh, the right-back position, Manquillo came in. He didn't get a good player rating from Matthew Sports writer Lee Ryder. A few people did give him some criticism. Does he does he drop out for Emil Kraft? Or do you do you keep Manquillo in there? Yeah, I thought he was poor. Thought he was poor on Sunday. Um, I think Kraft and Manquillo. It's almost like a coin toss, isn't it? You could put either of them in. Maybe because Kraft had international um, involvement, 
Eddie Howe's thinking was let's have some fresher legs in there. I actually don't think Kraft's done a lot wrong in the last last uh, few games. So I could, I could see Kraft coming back in, to be honest with you. I, I do think that was a, a decision influenced by international break. And just before we, we talk about the other decision influenced by an international break, just a reminder that we have a live event on Thursday, April the 7th, which is tomorrow, taking place at the Tyneside Irish Centre, where our panel of Newcastle United writers, plus the Daily Mirror, Simon Bird, will be taken to the stage. You will be able to quiz them. Also chance to win two signed Newcastle United shirts. You will only win one, but there are two shirts to give away in a raffle Thanks to EA Sports for donating those. And all the proceeds go to the NUFC Fans Food Bank. The ticket, uh, the link to buy tickets will be in the comments of the podcast. So do click on that. £5, and I say at the Tyneside Irish Centre, kicking off at 7.30. All proceeds go to the NUFC Fans Food Bank. Catch the big talking points. Well, one of the big talking points, we've covered quite a few already, was on Bruno Gamoresh. Didn't start... I, I didn't pick him to start, uh, and we all did it, uh, who will start in the midfield, and I didn't pick him because mm. I felt Eddie Howe would use the excuse of the international break. I just felt that that's, it was an easy pass in many ways. He came on, and I thought he was one of the few players who actually could leave the pitch with mm. his head held high. That No one else really stood out. I don't think anyone else could argue they had a, a decent game. Uh, does he start against Wolves? He has to, really, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. He was the he was he was the only bright spark really in that second half. One of the one of the worst second halves of the season, second half periods of the season. Um, you know, we stood there in the away end, and you just want the game to end. And then Bruno comes on, and you you, you brighten up, and all, he's got a spring in his step. We're, we're losing heavily, and you can just see there's a sort of he's got the bit between his teeth, and he he wants to get going, and he wants to be bright and and energetic, and and to find key passes. And I just think he lifts the rest of the team as well. So it just does feel like time, doesn't it? That, that give, give him a start Friday night, great atmosphere. Let's, let's see what, what he can do. I, I don't mind actually that the sort of phasing in that Eddie Howe's done. That's very fair to the players who've, who've been in that midfield, but let's face it. We've lost the last three. Eddie Howe's well willing is right now to make a change. And you put your 40 million pound midfielder in there, don't you? And that leads <laughs> us on to the next question. If Gamoresh starts, who does he replace? Shelby, I think Shelby for me, the reason, it's harsh on Shelby because it's been the good John Joe Shelby, hasn't it? Uh, second half of the season, especially. Um, he was blown out his backside the one he got yeah, against Tottenham. Yeah, did. well, I I wondered if Guimaraes would start at Tottenham because he, Guimaraes, in theory, had more match sharpness than Shelby, who hadn't played the last few games. But, you know, in, in Eddie we trust and he's he's gone with um, Shelby, but the, the sort of lack of minutes in his legs showed... Um, so yeah, it's harsh on Shelby. He's playing well, but at the end of the day, there's there's no room for sentiment when you're trying to secure enough points to stay in the Premier League. There's a lot a lot of money at stake, and the reason I think there's there's almost a like for like in in that they're the creative heartbeat of that midfield. I do think that's it's one position between them two. And in many ways, you know, this is why Eddie Howe's gained so many plaudits because he's clearly not afraid to make these tough decisions. I remember going back to the Everton game, and everyone expected Gamoresh to start. I remember being in mm. the pub when the team news came through, and there was a there was a groan from everybody, like, <laughs> oh, wow, and you just felt automatically deflated. And then there was that realisation, well, actually, look, Eddie Howe's worked with these players day in, day out. You know, he's paid to make these decisions. He's done it, okay? Not everyone was expecting it. And he won't be afraid to drop John Joe Shelby over to Joe Willick or Joe Linton, you know. 
he um like you said the whole priority is to make sure Newcastle stay in this league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, it's not Sunday league football, is it? You got you got to make big brutal decisions, and that's that's what Howe does. But the other aspect of it is Friday night game under the lights, big atmosphere. You see Grimeris' name on the team sheet. It's just another lift for the fans, isn't it? And I just think all those things combined, I, I'm at the point now where I'd be shocked if he wasn't on the on the, on the starting. But equally, I, I you know I think because I, I, everyone was expecting that against Everton and mm. how it didn't follow that path. I, I think it'll be a, a solely football decision, which is a really good thing. You know, he's not trying to play up to the fans and their their wants and their demands. He's, he, I think he, he is basing his decisions solely on football, whereas other managers may have listened a little too hard to um to the fans and then if it did go wrong would probably blame the fans yeah. but that's 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 in the past <laughs> um up front chris wood it's just not happening is it and i, I don't know when is it going to happen because mm. I, I still feel he's not getting the service but at some point d- does anyhow make a change and, and throw dwight gale in there it's an it's an interesting show i think wood would would look like someone who'd traveled a lot and played a lot in the international break which he did um, it. I don't know. It, it would be. I'd be very surprised to see Gale in there. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know what? If Gale's not in there and, and Wood is underperforming, what's the point in, in Gale being there? Which we've said about Gale for his entire Newcastle career. It seems in the Premier League, he can't. He can't get a look in at, at this level. And um, how was speaking positively about Gale um, during the international break? I just think the way the team set up, they need that sort of battering ram to take the hits to allow St. Maximum and, and Fraser to do the business and and and, and, and he's, he's an out he's an out isn't he would get 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 him get it up the target man if he can hold it up and play it off to those players that's probably what they're going to base the attack on it's interesting that they ended up against Spurs with at one point St. Maximum top then it was huh. Jacob Murphy then it was yeah. goodness knows who it was it was like the time of old really when you just were kind of scratching your head thinking what is going on here um, What's Gale thinking there though on the bench? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's like, well, you're putting you're putting Jacob Murphy up front. You're putting him up front. Like, like I think and Jacob Murphy came on as a right wing I back. And then, <laughs> I think I think Gale's got to sit there and go, okay, I get I get the message. <laughs> you, know, you don't fancy me? Um, I'll be I'll be off in the in the summer, which is probably what we're going to see. So, well, it, it, with with those sort of things, I just always default to what Howe does because he knows the team, you know, intimately. He knows how he's setting up what he's asking of them. And if he thinks Wood is, is the man to lead the line, then, then that's what I want to see. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because Callum Wilson clearly isn't anywhere near a, a return to the start in 11. Talk of that Eddie Howe might even not even bother risking him and, and just bring him back, you know, for a full pre-season. So if we're talking here, sitting, sitting, saying, well, at some point, and it's probably already passed, Dwight Gale has to... Mm-hmm. has realised he's not got a future at Newcastle. He's he's warming up against Spurs. They end up, like we say, putting Murphy up, up top. That doesn't push Chris Wood because Chris Wood knows he's got a free run until the end mm-hmm. of the season, potentially. And I, I'm always, I always like to look at the competition because I, I always, I mean, footballers will say when you bring in competition, it helps you up your game. And I'm just wondering the impact on, on Chris Wood. He knows, right, if I don't score this, this weekend, there's no one coming in I don't score next weekend there's no one coming in and I'm not you know I, I don't think Chris Wood's that type of player but I think any footballer is pushed by competition and it, you know it, it doesn't matter what kind of character you are if you're not getting pushed then that will affect your game yeah it's an interesting one isn't it it's like it's like Dan Byrne this is new territory for Chris Wood being at a, a huge club being the 25 million pound number one striker Big it's like price tag. it's a huge sort of 
it's a big thing to have on your shoulders and, and, and it, you know, he hasn't scored much. And so again, emotionally, mentally, that's going to take us toll. In terms of the lack of competition, I think he's always got in the back of his mind that when Wilson's fit, Wood has got to play exceptionally well to keep him out of the team. So, and I think, you know, he's not, he's not stupid as he knows. He knows how good Callum Wilson is and he knows that whenever Wilson plays, he scores. So he, he has to hold his hands up. If anything, this is his time to prove that he's got what it takes to keep a player like Callum Wilson out of the team. At the minute, he's not showing it, but hopefully, you know, hopefully he's, still, he's got a few more goals in him before Wilson comes back. Yeah, fingers crossed. Starting with Friday. Just a, mem- a reminder to please like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Global Player, wherever you listen to us through and leave us a rating and review. It's all totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload, you'll get a notification to say it's there to download or listen to. Let's talk about Wolves then. The opponents on Friday, their eighth, uh, 49 points. They've won three of the last five. They are chasing down the teams above them. They were just three points off Manchester United, who were seventh Man United, have got a game in hand. They beat Aston Villa Wolves in their last game 2-1. They looked you know, reasonably good. They should have killed off the game. They then conceded a late penalty with five minutes to go, and it did set up a nervous finish for them. Uh, you know, they're a decent side. There was at one point this season talking about Champions League football. It, mm. it fell off slightly in recent months, but, you know, they've maintained that they're going to finish in the top 10, you would think. And they've in many ways been a bit of a surprise package this season. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say eighth is a pretty fair reflection of their of their season, their quality. Just a bit of a... They're an, they're an interesting side. I, I, I quite like them, actually. They, they've got They've got the sort of solid players at the back like Cody, Kilman and Bolly. I quite like the keeper as well, so I think he's 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 decent. But then and then the rest of the team's just sort of like plucky, technical, Iberian, Spanish and Portuguese players who you know, quite tenacious and but they've got they've got a bit technically as well. Um I think they're probably lacking a consistent striker to put the to put the ball in the net. They they're chopping and changing. They've had sort of suspension and injury issues with Jimenez uh, Wang, who he, he scored two against Newcastle, didn't he? In the reverse fixture, um, he's out of the team. They've got the young lad Silver, so they just need to sort of get a better uh, a combination up front um, to, to 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 convert many of the chances. What I would say is there's mistakes in this team. I, I, I watched the highlights of their, their game against Villa, and they should have seen them off. Um, they missed a couple of chances, and they gave a few mistakes away against Leeds. There were some some really sort of obvious mistakes, so they'll be looking to iron them out. But that that just shows that they, they can be got at. Um, I think the new man, the, the manager there is doing a great job. Uh, Bruno Large, he's done, he's done a, a great job. I, I actually worried if that was the right decision to, to bring him in, uh, a bit of an unknown, bit of a sort of no no Premier League background as such. So yeah, they're they're, they're, they're doing right, but they're, they'll look at this as Newcastle have lost the last three. We need to get in there and, and get three points and put pressure on on Man United because really the Champions League is very much on for them if they can string the results together um, so yeah it's not going to be an easy game and I'm one of them where I'm wondering would I take a point I, I, I would take a point I, I'm a big fan of Wolves and the way they play and I like how they've kind of just been that that silent surprise this season you mentioned there the lack of goals uh, the Wolves manager has said or did say after that Villa game that he wants more goals they're creating plenty but they're just not scoring they're mm. kind of another Brighton and in many ways, except yeah. Wolves tend to, to still carve out the results. Fabio Silva got a lot of praise. He'll be one to watch against Newcastle. He didn't score, but he, uh, according to the, the report, he was a right handful for the Aston Villa defence and 
uh, even though he didn't find the back of the net, he was he, the result was largely credit to him for causing a bit of trouble, being a bit of a nuisance. So it'll be one to watch. And, and given the way the defence at Newcastle, you know, haven't played so well, and then they've started to ship a few goals, mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how they do handle uh, not just Silver if he starts, but they've got a lot of flair players, mm-hmm. like you say, a lot of uh, eye-catching players. So the defence is going to have the work cut out. Yeah, no, no Neves. Yeah, knee injury and Jimenez suspended. I think that's that's two big players missing for them. So, so yeah, let let let's see. Uh, they'll fancy it. Newcastle fancy it. it. It's interesting what you say there about you. You're right about Newcastle need to stop the goals. Uh, I wonder if that'll influence tactically how Eddie Howe sets up. Um, I know in, in his mind, long term, he wants to play sort of free flow and exciting, creative attacking football. But is he going to be pragmatic and and put an emphasis on a clean sheet? So it might it might not be a pretty one. On, on Friday, but uh, but yeah, hopefully the Newcastle can put something on the board mm. in terms of points. Just picking up points is mm-hmm. is the important thing. And just finally there, you mentioned the last game, 2nd of October 2021, Wolves beat Newcastle United down mm-hmm. on New and the feeling after that game was was something like I'd, I've, I, I've never really felt as, as a reporter and a fan. It was just, it was just like fans had just lost everything. They were just they were going to games out of tradition because it's what they've done, and and then just a few yeah. days later, the Newcastle United takeover went through. I know. Was that the lowest point? The, I, I, was yeah. that rock bottom? I, I think so. <laughs> I think I think it may have been. I, I was actually on a, on a stag do that day, and, and, and <laughs> I can't remember anyone checking their phones, checking the scores because they just didn't. They it didn't was care. brutal. Yeah, Jeff Hendrick scored, yeah. and is that that could be? Yeah, that that could be uh, rock bottom, but it. it it's just mad, isn't it? I mean, we're going to be obviously doing it. We're going to be doing a lot on um, this week to to uh, honour the or to recognise the six month anniversary of, of the takeover. But it feels like so long ago, doesn't it? Lots, so much has happened, and the team have come far. But there's still there's still a lot of work to do. The last three games have shown us that how far they are away from being someone like Wolves who can who can get in within touching distance of the Champions League. They're still miles away from that. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting to look back. Uh, that was one of the the ugliest ways. I remember it being sort of bad weather, bad performance. Just don't want to have one of those games where you just don't want to have anything to do with the team or match of the day that that weekend. Yeah. Um, and who, imagine you'd, t- you'd you'd explain what would happen in the next five days. It, 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 just classic Newcastle. Really, you couldn't write it. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing a special podcast talking to a few fans about the last six months. Uh, Catch from your perspective, how would you sum up the last six months of the new ownership? It's just really exciting, isn't it? Just, just really exciting to know that there is a body of people who have the best interests of the club and the city at heart, but also the resources to execute it all. And every every minute, every hour, every day, the club is in theory getting better and stronger and more well run and issues being addressed so just to know that it just it's a really sort of feeling of contentment that everything now is looking forward and, and going forward and it's just been you know the new manager coming in really exciting wasn't it to be linked with with big names and who could it be and um, then the, the transfer window arriving like how ambitious will they be and, and to see that they were really really ambitious and really willing to spend as much as they could to, to ensure survival and then just to see the graph that Eddie Howe's put in and to see them getting the results to sort of turn around and get these big wins away at Leeds and build that momentum. And and, and, and now just going go, looking forward to every game. Can't wait for home games. 
the atmosphere is great and it's just great to be talking about Newcastle uh, seeing shirts around the city um, it's just it's just been a, a great six months and the summer is going it could be fantastic you know so it's just it's all it's all good I think they've done a great job um, there's still a huge amount of work to do and there's still things to come like director of football to be announced and you know I'm, I'm wanting to see you know big sponsors coming in uh, new training ground like all it's all sort of like landmarks isn't it that, that we know is, is going to come and um so yeah i think it's 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 been it's been great isn't it? i honestly think it's pr- it's probably been everything you could have hoped for um let's let's hope the team can get over the line and, and secure the the premier league safety look forward to a big summer yeah that's the important but just get premier league status secure sorted and then we can look forward to to the summer and what happens after that and then just to finish off if you are heading up to the game on friday night you can help the nufc fans food bank reach an amazing landmark of a hundred thousand pounds raised since that first home game of the new owners of course jamie rubin has matched every home donation so just over forty eight thousand pounds has been raised by fans on match days Jamie Rubin's foundation has matched that. So they're only a couple of thousand shy of that £100,000 landmark, which is yeah, brilliant, unbelievable, isn't brilliant. it? And especially with what's going on at the moment, you know, everyone is, is kind of struggling, the cost of living crisis. So those donations are needed more than ever. But at the same time, the people donating aren't exactly going to be flash uh, with cash. So it's, it's brilliant to see the, the football community coming together to help the most vulnerable. The uh, volunteers will be in their usual spot outside the uh, the Gallagher, you know, just buy the strawberries to do. If you can spare a couple of quid, pop something in the bucket or bring them an Easter egg. They're really keen for Easter eggs this Friday to ensure the children who are unfortunately dependable on the food bank can have an Easter egg, something that most of us will take for granted. That's the end of the show. All I need to do now, Ketch, is ask for your score prediction. Oh, score prediction. Do you know what? This feels like a draw to me. This feels like a draw. Uh, it could even be... Could even be a nil nil, you know. And just nil-nil. I wonder if I wonder if Hal goes super cautious. I did, I think a draw. Um You've a got to stop the rot, yeah. I mean, that's the main thing. Stop the stop the the defeats. Yeah. Yeah, maybe oh God, I can't predict like a nil nil, can I? I'll go two two. Let's have a let's have an exciting one under the lights on Friday. Well, we actually have stopped doing score predictions under under Gibber. We just wanted to do <laughs> just the just the uh, the results, uh, no score predictions. Oh, wow. So I've handed you um a wild <laughs> one there, but a two two prediction from Ketch there. And that is the end of the Everything is Black and White podcast. Do listen out for the view from the opposition with Alex Dickin from Burnham Live. That'll be up later this evening. And then tomorrow, which is Thursday, we'll have the takeover special with uh, a few people from Influential Newcastle Fan Podcast. So listen out for that one. And then there is our live event uh, on Thursday evening. As I say, tickets still available. Pop into the comments for the link there and we'll be... um, bringing you live coverage of the game on Friday. Yeah, and, and can can I just say as well, encourage listeners to subscribe to our Newcastle United newsletters. That's something I work hard on here at Chronicle Live. So we do three or four newsletters a day, rounding up all the best Newcastle United content that we're putting out uh, on the hour at, at Chronicle Live. We'll put a link in the description. So if you click that, scroll down to Sport Newcastle United Updates and enter your email address, you'll be signed up for free for our newsletters. So breaking news and sort of, quarterly roundups throughout the day so it's uh, it's good stuff that's something i work on here so please do subscribe if you're not already signed up yeah head over and do that thank you very much for listening catch thank you very much for joining us gibble will be back next week all things being well please remember to like and follow the podcast